Hi, and welcome to The Commons at HBC, a podcast and virtual space for community, conversation, and connection brought to you by the Young Adult Ministry of Highland Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky. I am your host, David Bannister, longtime member who's volunteered all over the church. If this is your first time listening, welcome. The concept is simple. We will meet with our guest, hear what's going on at the church, and discuss this past week's sermon. So let's get started. All right, hey everybody, welcome back to the Commons at HBC. I'm your host, David Bannister. Uh, I want to start off by saying I am uh, sorry that you did not get an episode last week. Um, it was a great sermon by Lauren, but I was, as, as uh, my husband would say, I ran low on spoons last week, and I did not have enough uh, bandwidth or energy to pull uh, the podcast together, and I'm sorry I didn't get any, any other notification out on it, but I'm back this week, um, and this week with us is Aaron Smith. Hey, Aaron, welcome to the show. Hey, David. So uh, Aaron's a, a good friend of mine, and I'm excited that he can be here today. His wife, Rebecca Street, was on the show for the very first episode because, because she is the chair of the Young Adults, and so I decided to bring Aaron on and give him a crack at this. He listens to podcasts all the time, so he loved, I want to give him that opportunity. I have a lot to live up to. Yeah. So, Aaron, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself before I ask you some questions? Uh, let's see. Um, so, my name's Aaron. Let's see. I have, Rebecca and I have lived in Louisville since, let's see, we moved to town Derby Day 2012. So, we've, we've lived here almost eight years of the month. Uh, I'm a licensed architect in Kentucky. I do that during the day. Um, I do so many other things that I hardly have a free evening anymore. It seems like uh, I love to run. Um, I but draw you, cartoons you get questions like that. We'll, we'll move on to the interview. Oh so, boy, there's more. Okay. Yeah. So what, uh, so you moved to Louisville eight years ago. Um, what brought you to HPC mm -hmm. and how long have you been going? So, uh, when Rebecca and I moved to Louisville, it was, uh, from Lexington, and we had been going to a mega church in Lexington, uh, and we liked it, the handful of people we actually got to know, but getting to know anyone there was a struggle. So we wanted to go to a church where we felt like we could um, really get to know people and get involved in the community. And uh, Rebecca was friends with Robert Connie in college, and Robert shared an article about um, about Bojangles uh, being. Uh, I think made a deacon or something at the time. Ordained? Might have been his ordination. That sounds right, actually. I think it was the article about his ordination. Robert shared it on Facebook. And Rebecca was like, oh, hey, Robert's going to this church. He, he and I met in Young Democrats, so I know where he stands politically. And they just or, uh, ordained a gay minister at this church. So I think we're going to blend with them, at least on those issues. Let's see what the, uh, what the group is like. And it was... Uh, that was kind of the beginning of all of this. Yeah. And at some point we 
became friends and, and I think and, we met uh, I think Emily Hall McGee is responsible for our meeting because I think we first met at a bats game which was oh one of the God. very first uh, young adult events Rebecca and I went to that's hilarious because uh, uh, so so you know just a couple of weeks ago Ryan Eller was on the show and we talked about how Emily Hall McGee was responsible for how <laughs> Laura and Ryan and Stephen and I got to know each other. So, you know, thank you, Emily. Thank you if you're out there listening. <laughs> Emily better be listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, how are you, how are you spent? Oh, here's a better question. You started to say this before, but how do you spend, how were you spending your time before COVID? Before COVID. Can anyone even remember, remember <laughs> back that far? Ago. Yeah, it really does. Um, so, so I, I draw cartoons for fun. Um, uh, I'm, I write for Bruce Maple's uh, online magazine for Kentucky. Uh, we do, I do car a lot of cartoons for that. I've been doing cartoons for him since 2015, 2014, 2015, something like that. Um, I love to run. Um, really big into running. You run like uh, every I'm, day, right? I mean, now you every, are. Every couple of days, yeah. When it's warm out, yeah, you can't keep me inside. I, uh, I'm on, well, I'm on an improv team in, uh, in Louisville. We're called Improv Anonymous. We, before COVID, we, would, we do shows uh, once a month at the Bardstown. Uh, and it, it was one of the most fun things I've ever done. I and we're still, our team is still meeting online and things like that. But of course, no one's performing right now. So I'm really eager to get back on stage and, and uh, perform in front of a crowd shoot from the hip <laughs> exactly what you do when you perform improv so i miss it a lot i'm looking forward to getting back with my team and getting back on stage it's like it's like managing a podcast just spicier so <laughs> in a way yes uh but you can't hear when the audience groans at your jokes though so there's that <laughs> i i have the internal groan <laughs> <laughs> i mean steven's gonna groan at your jokes right. no matter what so right. there you are um all right. So I guess lastly, let's, uh, how are you spending your time now in COVID? How are you coping with it? Wow. <laughs> I think one of the interesting things about COVID is that everyone is sort of finding their own coping skills for, for what is effectively a national uh, crisis moment. And sort of all the outlets that I had pre-COVID uh, have, have kind of been removed other than running, I mean, I used to also go to the YMCA, but the, the Y has been closed. Uh, my improv team isn't meeting in person anymore. We're not performing on stage. So those outlets are sort of close to me now. Uh, I used to surround myself with all kinds of friends. I've got, it seems like I have more friend circles than I know what to do with, but um, we can't meet in person right now. So I started, uh, I started doing these little character videos on my uh, Facebook and Instagram where I'll, I've got three characters right now and I've been sort of performing a little minute and a half, two minute sketches I'll write for each character. Um, one, one of the characters is called Ethelbert and he is sending videos to his, uh, to his lady love a la the Oregon Trail. So they're all filmed in black and white and there's a jaunty fiddle behind the, behind the scene. Another one of my characters is Randy who is Randy's a, my favorite. I, I love performing Randy. Uh, Randy's a tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorist. And he just released a video warning people about, um, about the census. 
the, the difficult thing about Randy though, is that I have to make sure that I go just far enough that people go, Oh, he's not actually being serious, <laughs> which is the hard part right now because every, so much of American life right now is beyond parody. Yep. And, uh, my other character is named Rain Moonchild, who is a. I've only done one video uh, for for Moonchild so far, but he is a self help guru. Yeah, and if you hear that banging, that's my dogs that are locked out of the attic, who are angry that they are locked out of the attic, and and expressing that displeasure. So, so yeah. Uh, so my question is, when are the dogs going to be on the podcast? <laughs> Right, right. Well, they're on every episode. <laughs> you should let Mercy host the podcast and let her interview other people's dogs. Oh, that would be so much fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> this is the HBC podcast. All right. Well, thank you for that, Aaron. Uh, we, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to hear some announcements from Aaron Phelps, who's going to give us the rundown on what's going on with the newsletter. So Aaron, take it away. Hello there, Highland community. This is Aaron with the announcements for uh, our community based on the newsletter. There are so many things going on. Um, so if you want even more details, feel free to look up the newsletter online. Also, a heads up, my cat has been kind of goofy, so if you hear a meow, it's just her. All right, so this is just a friendly reminder that uh, Highland Healthy at Home and Fellowship with the Saints are two online things to help us kind of boost programming and togetherness and learn a little bit together. These are videos that will be posted on Mondays and Tuesdays at 4 o'clock on the Highland Facebook page, and they're full of great information and ways to sort of be in community with one another. Speaking of community, families with children still have lots of awesome digital opportunities to connect. If you would like to receive weekly update emails, I recommend emailing Renee to find out more about how you can get even more plugged in if you're looking for programming that the whole family can plug into. There are still numerous groups that the Mission and Justice Ministry Group are supporting from afar, and these include La Casita and the CEI Ministries in Morocco. Um, just a little heads up that both of these, along with others listed in the newsletter, are great causes to consider supporting independently as well if you are looking for ways to mobilize and give when you can. Similarly, Highland's anti-racism team has been very busy at work. In addition to spreading the word about absentee ballot registration, they drafted a statement sent to the Louisville Courier-Journal speaking out for justice for Breonna Taylor. And finally, there is exciting news from the Pastor Search Committee. After careful examination of the bylaws, they have determined we will be able to have some sort of digital call weekend using the streaming online services that we are already doing and a form of online member voting. And this is a great way uh, that we know members of the church who are in good membership standing are voting. There are certainly so many more details forthcoming, but this is really great news that gives a kind of fun glimmer of hope about what the future has in store for Highland. Uh, my cat has behaved very well, so that's great. And these are all the announcements for this week. Take care, everybody.
All right. Thank you so much, Aaron, for those updates. And um, welcome back, Aaron. So this weekend's sermon uh, was, our proclaimer was Jim, England. Uh, the gospel lesson being covered was John 14, um, John 14, and it starts on path, on 15, sorry, I'm, my scribble, my scratch notes, and the title of the sermon is Sacred Orphans, and I'm going to kick us off because I don't know, Aaron, that you've been there, but he starts talking about Davout Park, and being from Cincinnati, I am very aware of where Davout Park is, and it's a gorgeous, gorgeous space that overlooks the river. Um, it's, I think, the high, one of the highest points in Covington, if not the highest point. But you, you get this gorgeous view, and, and it's a park. Uh, I think there's, I'm pretty sure there's an amphitheater there. Like it's a, it's a, it's a, a park that's up there a ways and well loved by the community. Um, and so it was cool to hear Jim talk about that space, um, but also like the history behind it, which kind of leads us into the idea of the orphans. Um, and so John, the, the gospel lesson, which he talks about, um, you know, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and, you know, which he reminds us at some point in the sermon that's, you know, loving, loving God, loving our neighbors as we love ourselves and all of that stuff. Um, what did you think about it? And yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, this is the, um, the verse from which the, uh, the parable he, uh, I love, I live in you and thus you also live in me. And, uh, I abide in you and thus you also abide, abide in me comes from, uh, which I have to admit, I am not as well versed uh, in not just theology, but in, uh, uh, in biblical knowledge as, as I would like to be, to be, a fr to be frank. Uh, so I was unaware of where this came from exactly, but um, I found it interesting to, that he decided to use this particular verse in reference to the orphans because I hadn't, I, I guess I hadn't thought about the concept of orphans in quite that way because he made the point about when he was at the funeral and his grandson said, well, you ain't got no parents. And suddenly he realized, oh, wait, does that make me an orphan now? Uh, so in from that perspective, I guess at some point, eventually we're all orphans, um, which is a way that I never viewed, I never looked at the concept before. And it's also not a way that I exactly, I, I wouldn't have pulled that out of this verse necessarily, but I think I see where Jim was coming from uh, with it. Yep. And, you know, he, he, Jim, Jim is, all of, all of the staff does this. I think it's just common, right? They have, they, they, their stories touch on different things throughout throughout the sermon um, and he references a reporter and you know it starts to drive home that point of the orphan or the state of an orphan being scared and fearful and all of these things and goes on to talk about Brooke Baldwin and how she had battled and gotten gotten over COVID 
and the thing that she said that saved her or helped heal her was the fact that her husband held her and told her how much he loved her and that she couldn't have done it without him. Um, yeah, I thought that was really powerful. Yeah. Especially the way that, so by his analogy there, she was effectively left orphaned because she was left without anyone to care for or about her in that moment or would have been had she not had her husband to take care of her in that moment, mm -hmm. uh, which is an interesting way to think about it because it, it makes us all question who was an orphan because, I mean, she was still married and we don't know anything about the state of her parents, but for all we know her parents are still living. But in that moment, she was just as orphaned as bless their hearts, any of the children in that orphanage uh, near the park. She found herself without anyone to care for her or anyone to take care of her. And and it's just that, well, not just the state of the disease, but the state of the, the state of the quarantine that we're all in right now, the state of uh, uh, social isolation is so isolating. It's so... Uh, lonely making i i've uh, personally speaking i have felt so lonely uh and i am married to someone that i love very very much and someone that i enjoy being around but i'm so used to being around so many other people and and being able to experience my friend circles that i felt so lonely i began to create characters so that way i could express the emotions i'm having difficulty dealing with in that manner Right. Uh, so the, and the very nature of the situation is so isolating. And you're, you're, you and Stephen both, Stephen, my husband, you're both extreme extroverts. And you all, it's, it's interesting to see how different extroverts are handling this. Like some of the, you're seeing even the introverts are, are, are posting more, right? You're even seeing some things from them because they're like, <laughs> wow, this is wild. <laughs> Maybe like, yeah, like I've always been kind of vocal on Facebook, but there, there's some introverts out there that I'm like, dang, I, you know, if you talked, you'd be an extrovert. Like if they said all these things that they're, they're sharing, but anyway, you know, <laughs> it, in your, you know, you, you kind of allude to it and, and I'm just going to step us through that doorway is, you know, we are all currently an orphan in some way in this coronavirus crisis right we are we are all separated you know i see most of us probably haven't seen our parents in person in many many months you know for example i i did go and get to see my mom in person on mother's day drove up to cincinnati got to see her from a distance but you know it's so weird not giving my mom a hug and kiss like i would be expected to or and, you know, I hadn't seen her, I haven't seen her since Christmas. And that was the first time I'd seen her. But like, you know, it's hard not to think about being orphaned or this, the idea of missing something. We're yeah. all missing something. Yeah, it's actually funny you mentioned that because my, my mom was messaging me today asking if uh if i could come and spend the weekend with them this weekend for memorial day and i really 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 want to i haven't seen her since again I, well like you i haven't seen her since 
I think actually I think it was Thanksgiving this year was the last time I actually saw her in person. We, we've been doing video chats weekly, fairly commonly anyway, because she lives in Eastern Kentucky and uh, right. which is about a three and a half hour drive from Louisville. So we don't get to see each other too, too often, but I really, really want to try to make plans to go see her this weekend, but I, I can't in good conscience because I've still been going into work. I, I the office I work in is, is small and all of our spaces are sort of separated. So we're not on top of each other anyway, but I don't trust myself to be able to go see her for the weekend and socially isolate. There's no way I could show up to my parents' house and walk in and not give them a hug and not tell them how much I love them and how good it is to be around them and not yeah. want to sit next to them on the couch and watch a movie or something like that. I just, there's no way I'd be able to do that. And it's, it's, well, it's frustrating because of course we all want to do that. It, it Well, to get on soapbox for a minute, it's very frustrating to see people not taking social isolation seriously because we would all love to be ignoring these social isolation barriers right now. We would all love to be ignoring these things. Don't you think everyone wants to go and party with their friends or mm. sit on a porch and have a cup of coffee or a couple of beers with people you love? It's, right. it's, it's a place that we're all finding ourselves in and it only works if we all do it. Right. it I mean, it's... It's incredibly frustrating, but it's it's where we find ourselves right now. We're all in this together, to paraphrase our governor. Right. And so we have this, you know, the, to keep going with the sermon, we have Jim paraphrasing Peter Simon, right? So Simon Peter, sorry, in, in saying... Uh, Is Peter Simon Paul Simon's brother? Right, right. <laughs> it, you know... Jesus re re asking, you know, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Referencing the the day of the back um, when Jesus was crucified, and Jim paraphrases it to Simon Peter saying, "I'm doing the best I can. I'm loving you the best I can." And you know, I I feel that so hard. Um, and especially with work, right? It's like, I really enjoy my work. And I, so we didn't have the podcast last week, y'all. And my work just shifted in a big way where I, I'm, I'm, I was ahead of deadlines. And then suddenly, I'm now I'm chasing deadlines. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm doing the best I can. And you know, when it comes to our family and our loved ones too, it's like, I, I'm doing what I can. And I know it's not the best, it's not ideal, but it's what I can offer right now. The thing I really, really like about this, about that passage that you uh, paraphrased is that um, when Jesus asks Peter over and over again, in, in mirror of the way Peter denied him uh, after the crucifixion, um, and your word, the words that Jim used were, Peter responds, I'm, I'm loving you the best that I can. Uh, Jesus doesn't condemn Peter for that. Jesus, um, Jesus lets Peter have it. He, he understands that that was, it must have been a terrible situation. And the interesting thing to me is that earlier, um, the actual passage where uh, in John 14, starting at 15, where Christ says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And just prior to that, he says, 
the commandment to, to remember is love thy neighbor as I have loved you. The way that Jesus loves Peter in that moment is allowing Peter to love him the best that he can. Mm -hmm. So in a lot of ways, that means that as Christ gave, how do I phrase this exactly? As Christ gave uh, mercy or uh, grace, as Christ gave grace to Peter in that moment for his inability, for his, for just for his ability to love him as best he could, so too we should give grace to ourselves for loving to the greatest capacity possible, loving to the greatest, to use a word that Stephen uses, to the greatest amount of spoons that we have. Yep. Yeah. And, and then we move, the passage moves and shifts into the spirit of truth. And Jim brings up and starts talking about the spirit being that little troublemaker who makes you rethink your possible bias, your possible um, gut reaction, right? Mm -hmm. um, one of uh, this past week, my my team at work, we did uh, an unconscious bias training. And so it's, it's heavy on my mind to think about like the, the, the steps of this thing is called pause, P-A-U-S-E. And it's, the steps are pay attention, um, acknowledge your assumptions, uh, understand your perspective, seek someone else's perspective, and then examine your options. And so while he was talking about this, I, I was instantly going through my head of, oh man, this is like, this is, this is like the unconscious bias training, right? The, the spirit of truth, it, it literally calls us to rethink our, our basic assumptions about the homeless person that walks up to us or whatever going on, right? The person that's in crisis that, you know, you may not have, may not always have a lot of love for, but, you know, what about that person, as, as Jim says? Um, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was, uh, that was really interesting as well. Um, the idea of, well, and this is the interesting thing about dealing with all this during COVID is that we're all sort of like very, very aware of the people that we love the most and want to be around the most at this point. Uh, but, of course, Christ goes beyond that when he says to love thy neighbor, because he's not just talking about the the, all the people that we love. He's talking about also the people that we ignore and the people that we overlook. Um, I, I've always had a little bit of struggle with, with this particular concept, especially when it comes to loving the people who don't love you back. Um, and which is a little bit different depending on how you think about it. Because just loving the people who don't love you back is one thing, but loving people who have actively tried to oppress you is a completely different thing entirely. So that I feel like requires a different sort of lens to view through. Um, when, when it comes to loving people who don't love you back, I mean, people might not love you back because they don't know you or because you're invisible to them or because um, they're not necessarily bad people, but 
uh, they've made mistakes or you've made mistakes or any number of things. Yeah. And that, that, uh, that, that's always, that's always a struggle. Right. And so I, my, my reaction a lot of times is ignore it, move on, withdraw. You know, I, I, I struggle to engage and that's not always the right reaction I should have. I, I shouldn't be afraid of conflict. I shouldn't be afraid of standing up for myself in those situations, but that is something that's something that I'm working on with that because it's just, you know, sometimes it's easy to speak up. Sometimes it's really, really hard to speak up and being able to, and the, the thing that I've been challenging myself more, I'm, I'm, I'm never as disappointed at myself when, when it's like on behalf of myself, because it depends on where I'm at that day. It depends on these things. The thing that hurts me more and with this, this angelic troublemaker on my shoulder, this, you know, the spirit of truth, I think uh -huh. it hurts me more is when I screw up as an ally to somebody else. And when somebody else is hurt by my inaction, right? where I had the opportunity to stand up um, or, you know, or make something right that I might have screwed up that, you know, these, these types of things. That's, that's, that's when I feel bad, really bad. Right. Like I, I, I give myself plenty of grace most of the time, but, but not in those situations where I, you know, actively made a boo-boo. The viewers, are, uh, the listeners at home can't see, but I'm raising my hands in a testify motion. Uh, I very much, I very much understand. Hey, Ryan uh, wants us to amen more. You can give an amen. <laughs> <laughs> amen, brother Ryan. Yeah, so I, I definitely identify with that very, very much so. If I, if I make a mistake and let myself down, um, it's a lot easier for me to move on. Let somebody else down. It's much, much harder. For me to move past that personally speaking uh, although and i this in a way brings us right back to uh simon peter saying i'm doing the best that i can because mm -hmm. if someone was to do that to me if, if i was expecting something out of somebody and and they let me down and and it hurt me in some manner um i'd be upset yeah but i don't think i wouldn't allow it to Circumstances, of course, um, are going to vary no matter what happens. Uh, and it's going to change depending on who it was, of course. But I'm pretty confident in saying that under most circumstances, I wouldn't allow a mistake like that to drive a wedge between someone that I was really close with and someone that I really loved. But I'm worried, uh, conversely, I'm worried that if I do something like that, that's exactly what will happen. But if I'm not that hard on other people why am i quite so worried about other people being that hard on me i don't know the answer to that question that's just the way that i find myself thinking yep i don't remember who said it but we are our greatest critics so i think it was peter simon <laughs> uh so uh jim ends the sermon um 
with a few challenges, you know, talking about his himself and, and us um, and makes a statement about extending part of the sermon and saying, you know, I have loved, I am loving, I shall love even more. We are works, we are work in progress. And I, that was an extension of the we are made, or I, I didn't note that comment down. Um, mm-hmm. We are being made, we are made, we are. We will uh, be made, yeah. We will be made. And yeah, and I, it's, yes. I, I don't know what else to say except yes. It, yeah. as, a, as a person who loves to learn and grow, and we are we are go to a congregation who values education and learning and um, love, and I, you know we we can always do better, and that's one thing I've always enjoyed about our church, and that's one of the values I know I share with most of the people there. Agree to agree. Uh, I really in, in the way. Uh, it's very, and Jim brings it back to um, Christ accepting the form of love that Peter is capable of giving him and acknowledging that uh, Peter's not perfect, but he's going, but he's going to keep loving Peter the way he needs to be loved. And in a way that is in, that is a uh, command to the rest of us to love each other to our greatest capacity possible and also to love ourselves to our greatest capacity possible. Yep. And he ends it wonderfully. And he says, and this is a direct quote, though we may at times feel like orphans, we are sacred to God. Kind of pulling the whole thing full circle back to his original story. Yeah, we're all uh, we're all COVID orphans right now, no matter of speaking. <laughs> yeah. Yep, and it's and it's a struggle out there. So most of y'all know we're we're about to be in the door starting to open in the world, even though things feel it feels weird. You know, we're all starting to make judgment calls about the possibility of social distanced weekends and all these opportunities you know for example i'm on a volley i'm on a volleyball team with your wife you know this mm-hmm. and uh, i was chatting with the volleyball team tonight because we've already paid for our, our league that's two uh two months late and starting and they're saying hey we're gonna start in june at the end of june but in june and on one hand it's like I'm excited, but on the other hand, there's this trepidation and fear that it's, is it too soon? And then it's mm-hmm. trying not to get too excited because it's like, it's very possible, who knows in three weeks, everything could get shut back down again. So yeah, um, I'm, it's, it's really weird mix of emotions. It's so, so tempting to get your hopes up. To, to get really excited about, am I going to get to see my friends again? Am I going to get to go out to a restaurant again? Can I go see a movie now? It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's very tempting to, to 
open the floodgates and just and just try to do it all. Yeah, this is how this is how much I miss my volleyball team is. I started. My sister had tweeted about this Netflix anime about a high school volleyball club, <laughs> and I found myself watching this last night, being laughing and being so sad because I missed my volleyball team. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you find an anime about an improv team, let me know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ugh. All right. Well, thank you so much, Aaron, for being on the show. I really appreciate you. Thanks so much, David. I had a really good time. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Um, we will be back next week. I will fully admit I have no idea who's preaching. I have no idea who's going to be on the show. Uh, these are details I'll fi figure out this weekend. Um, but again, I'm thank thankful for you listening and have a great rest of the week. Be good to each other and be good to yourself.